0: Thank you for tuning in to the Red Clinic Podcast. I'm Dr. Shwaylin, licensed psychologist and expert in the treatment of eating disorders. Today, I'm going to do what we do best and provide some education on eating disorders and eating disorder treatment. What I'm going to focus on today, though, is family dynamics. I want to talk about when I do work with individuals and their families, some of the things that consistently and recurrently pop up. Um, There's some commonalities with family dynamics and ways that families can be supportive um, for eating disorder recovery, and then also ways that family dynamics can uh, contribute to a little bit more stress when someone's in recovery. A lot of times, even in previous episodes, but when I'm working with families and individuals in my clinic, I will allude to how the eating disorder tends to want some control. And clients grab onto that. They really resonate with that. They understand exactly what I'm saying when we talk about control. A lot of times, eating disorders do have a control component to them. Now, all eating disorders are different. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes clients will talk about how, you know, the main feeling for their eating disorder tends to be anger or depression. Um, Sometimes it's anxiety. Uh, So all eating disorders have different functions and kind of have come into someone's life for very unique reasons. Um, But when I see that eating disorders are mostly about anxiety and control, it can mean that somebody who has the eating disorder really was looking for some control in their life where they felt like they didn't have much at all. Or it could feel like major parts of their life are extremely chaotic and they don't know how to cope with that. And so then the eating disorder had room to come in. When I see it in younger kids or even in teenagers and young adults, a lot of times kids will say or young adults will say, well, my family life seemed chaotic when I was growing up or I didn't really know what was expected of me. Um, I didn't get consistent feedback from my parents of, of what was, um, a, you know, something they approved of, or maybe all I heard was uh, things that they were critical of. Sometimes I'll hear that it happened because there was a divorce in the family and some major change occurred, and it was too much for the child to deal with. Other times, the family's intact, but there might be a lot of conversation about um, food and weight and physical appearance, and those things may have contributed to the child then feeling like they needed to be a certain way. So there's all different kinds of things that happen in family dynamics that can leave room in a child's life for an eating disorder to pop up it's not always just family dynamics don't get me wrong because i want to make it very clear that there is no single one cause for an eating disorder eating disorders develop through this whole perfect storm of biological psychological and social factors that have to play together to really create this eating disorder but today specifically we're talking about family dynamics so some of the things that you know clients will say Um, are not helpful for example Um, and these are clients that are in treatment so they've been coping or you know dealing with an eating disorder for a while they've learned new coping strategies they're really close to like moving into recovery and they will even say to me hey you know when my mom and dad look at my meal plan (laughs) it's really hard for them to understand it um It's taken them, you know, maybe three or four or five different weeks or months to stare at this thing. And they're still making unhelpful comments like, this just seems like a lot. (laughs) Um, Those types of things for the average person might not feel significant. But someone who's recovering from an eating disorder notices all of those types of comments um other types of things that my clients will say to me you know my my mom or my dad i just never realized how weight phobic they were or a more direct way of saying that is fat phobic um so much of what they do revolves around trying to avoid being seen as fat or lazy or trying to avoid being around overweight people. I mean, the things that my clients will pick up on once they've learned and taken a step back, they start to understand what's been going on in the family. And this doesn't just happen from mom and dad. It could happen from grandparents, aunts and uncles. Um, It may be that family member who's always on a diet or who's talking about how great the diet they're on is and why everyone else should be on it too. Um... Sometimes clients will say that they watched family members get really sick and maybe they had a heart attack or something really drastic happened to their health and they chalk it up to the fact that that family member was overweight or was struggling with their relationship with food. And some of that may or may not be true. We don't really know because we're not doing the assessment on the family member. We're just taking for face value what the perception of the client is, right? And, you know, my husband always says that perception is reality. So if a client believes, you know, to their core that that is why their family member had that health complication, it can be a really huge contributing factor to why their eating disorder got so strong. And so in family dynamics, I want, you know, I always want to recommend that families have open, honest discussions about what's going on with different family members and what they're noticing. Because parents tend to, you know, maybe hush-hush and whisper in the background of what they're noticing with certain family members, but they may not bring the child into that discussion. So what I'm going to say is find a way to do it. You know, do it in an age-appropriate way. Say, hey, do you ever notice how grandma's always on a diet right let's talk about that how does that affect you what do you think about that Um, here's what we think about that and here's what we want for you let's define what's healthy and what's okay for one person may not be okay for another I always say there are no healthy or unhealthy foods there's really just healthy and unhealthy people and I think you've heard me say that before on different episodes but I like throwing that out there sometimes to remind you Other times, you know, other things that I want to talk about is when kids sometimes are picky eaters, for example. um, Parents can really pick up on the fact that if a child is being picky, it's more about control. I hear that often. Um, And they don't necessarily understand where it's coming from. They don't know why the child would be trying to exert control over their food in that situation. But it's so much about control that their picky eating kind of takes over family, dynamics and so I always want to take a step back you know let's look at what's going on in this child's life and do it from the child's perspective it's really hard to do that sometimes so as parents I always want to encourage you to pause for a moment and um, take that step back look at life from your child's perspective and see what it may be like for them did mom and dad just get a new job? Did they just go through a divorce? What's going on with the siblings? Um, how much time do you spend with your children? Uh, how much of your time is actually structured where they can rely on regular family time or regular one-on-one time? Is any of that even happening? Is most of the time that you guys spend together, you know, on the couch watching a movie? Um Now, while all that's great because it's great cuddling time and it's cozy and it allows everybody to get some rest, it's not the kind of one-on-one time that I suggest happens all the time. True one-on-one meaningful time with your child is entering their world and doing something with them on their level. When was the last time you did something like that? When was the last time you got curious about who your child was and stopped everything you were doing, to learn about them and to play with them or to join their world. So think about life from your child's perspective. Feel what it may feel like and assess how much control that they have in their situation in the home. I always I always look at, you know, does your child have choices? Do you feel like you're giving them room to provide their own input? Are they able to exert, you know, their ideas of what they like or don't like, not around food, but like around activities and um, just how their schedule is run during the day or who they're spending their time with or how they're spending their time. But then are you also making time to spend with your child weekly, regularly on a one to one basis without a screen? We move really, really fast these days. And one really common thing that I see in family dynamics is that we're not slowing down enough. We're not taking things off our plate. We just keep adding more on. And what ends up happening is the parent-child relationship struggles. It suffers. Many times I see that eating disorders have room in a child's life because of that exact dynamic that I just described. Families are busy. They're running from here to there. They're working all the time. They're never unplugged anymore. Um, It's just a lot that's pulling our attention away from turning inward to the family. That's always a place that I'm going to start. You know, as a psychologist, as someone who treats eating disorders and works very closely with families, I'm always going to look at, you know, what's on the plate, right? No pun intended, but kind of, because that's really cool that I just came up with that. (laughs) What's on the plate and what can we actually take off? And I'm not talking about food in this situation. I'm talking about family dynamics and how we can adjust them and work through the patterns to create new routines and habits and improve the relationships in the family. That's one of the most ultimate things when it comes to eating disorder recovery And it is why we don't work without support people in in the red clinic. We always have family members involved in treatment. We always have spouses or fiancés or significant others involved in the treatment. Because we know that if we can impact those family dynamics, we're much more likely to achieve and maintain true recovery. That's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week.